This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Sir Michael Barber is an acknowledged authority on education systems and reform. He leads Pearson's worldwide programme of research into education policy and efficacy, heading their strategy for education in the poorest sectors of the world, particularly in fast-growing developing economies. A former partner and head of McKinsey's global education practice, he's held UK government posts including chief advisor on standards in schools. In his Cambridge Leadership Seminar lecture, Oceans of Innovation, he said that the 21st century could be absolutely fantastic. However, in the short to medium term, there are big challenges to be resolved around the environment, wealth and poverty, as well as, among other issues, conflict. Sir Michael said that to solve these challenges in a world which by 2050 will have 9 billion people living in it, everybody, whether they work in government, the voluntary or business sectors, needs a moral compass, an ethical underpinning to the way they think about their lives. In suggesting that the 21st century could be outstanding, was he perhaps hedging his bets? I think there are many threats to a successful second half of the 21st century, um, and I say could be advisedly because if um, the world's leaders, and I don't just mean political leaders, I mean the, the, the leaders, many of future leaders are in this class in, in the MBA programme, if they don't have the kind of ethical underpinning that I've mentioned, if they make decisions for short-term uh, reasons without that moral compass, then I think things could go horribly wrong. One of the points you did make was that leaders will find themselves constantly in dialogue with those that they lead. That's a difficult concept to get hold of in some instances, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, it is difficult, and, and, and leaders do need to be constantly in dialogue, whether whether it's a small team like I run at Pearson or whether it's a, a, a prime minister or a president leading a country. You need to be in dialogue, and modern communication actually makes it, it possible to do that at a very large scale, very effectively, if you make the time to do it, and if you genuinely make it a dialogue uh, so that there's listening on both sides as well as talking on both sides, uh, and if people try to resolve things through that dialogue. I'm a great believer in the kind of virtue ethics approach to ethics where it's resolved by people trying to think, well, what would make a flourishing life and how do we get there rather than a rules-based ethics, which in the modern world where it's changing so fast, once you've written a rule, the world has already moved on, which is what you see the problem for regulators, whether it's with banking or others. You write your regulation, but then the technology moves on and your regulation is always behind the game. But leaders who are more intimately exposed to those who they lead. I mean, the crux of the matter there is, yes, they listen to what is being said to them, but do they actually hear what is being said to yeah. them? Yeah, well, well, no, that, I mean, that, that, so clearly they, they need to. Um, and I think, the, I think the fundamental quality of a leader in the modern world, I think it's probably always been true, but now it's so, uh, particularly leaders who are very publicly um, uh, visible, like political leaders or some business leaders, the key quality is integrity. You get found out if you don't have integrity. So people will go a long way with a leader who has integrity and makes mistakes and owns up to them and moves on. But uh, after a while, they won't go with somebody who appears to be dissembling uh, and so on. So I think integrity or the other side of that coin, authenticity, are the keys to successful leadership. The title of your lecture was Oceans of Innovation, and you spend a lot of time talking about the Pacific and the impact the Pacific and Pacific leadership is going to play in, in the 21st century. A very wide question, is the leadership currently in the Pacific up to it? 
Well, the if you talk to the leaders of the Pacific region, which I uh, did do last uh, September at the Asia-Pacific Economic um, Summit, um, they don't think they are up to it yet. They they know that the model that got them the huge economic growth over the last 30 to 50 years, well, in Japan, China, Korea, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, and some other places, they know that was a successful model, but they also know it's not the model that can go through the next 50 years. Um, the, the, the Prime Minister of Singapore wrote an introduction or a foreword for our paper called Oceans of Innovation in which he says uh, we need um, to train children in schools not just to be good at mathematics but to learn how to think for themselves, how to be influential, how to lead, how to uh, be in the kind of dialogue you and I are in now and also to have that ethical underpinning so they understand that they have to change the model of their education systems and indeed the way their societies work if they're going to succeed in the next 50 years. So a revolution in education is required? Yeah, totally. A revolution at school level and a revolution at higher education level. Um, and uh, the paper we've done on higher education, uh, which, ma which is the kind of sister publication of Oceans of Innovation, basically says an avalanche is coming to higher education. So get moving, think where you want to get to. Uh, the one thing you don't do in the face of an avalanche is stand still. I was going to go on to that and say, can they ski with that avalanche or are they going to resist it? I think they need to uh, think which way they're going to go, but standing still and hoping it will go away is definitely not the strategy. But the ball falls right, really right into your court in terms of education, doesn't it? What, what's the, what is the, the plain message to those leaders? I think the biggest, the biggest thing, and people forget this a lot in the education debates that hear around the world, the biggest change between the 21st century education system and the 20th century one is we want everybody to achieve high standards. So obviously some people will get above that high floor, well above, and you don't want to put any limits on people's sense of achievement and ability to achieve. But we need to get everybody to high standards, whereas actually in the mid-20th century, we didn't want that. We wanted a small elite to go to universities like Cambridge. We wanted another lot that could fill the professions with accountants and teachers and so on. And the rest, as long as they got a kind of basic dose of literacy numeracy and some kind of... Uh, uh, ability to turn up on time and leave on time and behave well at work. That was enough. We don't think that anymore. The people who don't get a good education really can't succeed in the 21st century. And do those emerging markets, those emerging economies, do they understand that? Uh, increasingly, yes. So uh, I, there's, I can't tell you how big the difference is now from, say, the mid-90s in the, in the sense that political leaders, and here I mean presidents and prime ministers, understand that education is fundamental to their future. And it doesn't matter. I, I was um, in Ghana talking to President Mahama. He understands totally that education is fundamental to Ghana's future. In Pakistan, um, the leaders have their challenges, but they understand too that without education they can't solve their terrorism problem, their economic problem, uh, their environmental problem. Uh, and obviously in the developed world we've seen that. So it's massively up the agenda from, say, the mid-1990s where education was quite well down the list of priorities for most leaders at that time. It's totally difficult, but how do you how do you take a country like Pakistan with so many other influences, and it's a hotbed of this, that and the other, how do you preach your particular lesson, your particular sermon to the leaders of that country, if indeed you can get through to them? I think, well, well you raise a really good question, because what's happened in Pakistan, is, uh, and, and they will tell you this, uh, uh, Pakistan's been independent for just over 60 years, um, and quite often it's been crisis-ridden. And, and because there are so many crises... Um, nobody actually gets to the underlying problems. They're just dealing with one crisis after another. Um, and so what, I, what I've done is provide 
the complete focus on fixing the education system. So you'll remember that in 2010 there was this massive flood in Pakistan covered an area larger than uh, England and affected an area larger than the United Kingdom, so huge biblical proportions flood. And I go shortly after that and everybody in Pakistan is traumatised understandably and they say we've had this terrible flood, we don't need to do education, we, we, can't do, we just can't get our heads around education reform anymore. My answer was, it's quite brutal, but very important was, did the, did the flood make your schools better? Did the flood make your schools better? If it didn't, you've still got the problem you had before the flood. And so my job is to keep that focus. And there's a political leader, particularly in um, Punjab, which is half of Pakistan, uh, led by uh, the chief minister there, who completely understands that. And he is as persistent on education now uh, as I am. Uh, and it's that kind of leadership that gets you through. In the end, you've got to move away from just dealing with one crisis after another and start fixing the underlying problems. And the key to that, by the way, in government is to build some routines, some regular check-ins. So your message is stop chasing the fire engines, put the fire out. Uh, exactly. That was Sir Michael Barber, Chief Education Advisor, Pearson. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.